Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. This is the Unseen Leadership Podcast, where we explore the unseen stories that shaped leaders into who they are today. Who you are in the private of your life is more important than ever than who you are in the public of your life. I mean, like, my Instagram's fun, but they can turn that off. Facebook can flip that switch like they did on Vine, and all that is gone. Who am I if I'm just Annie? So who are you in the private? Because that actually matters far more to God, to your people, and to your ministry than who you are in public. Well, welcome to the Unseen Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Chandler Vinoy. Here, as always, with my co-host, Josh Hunter. Josh, who do we have in the podcast room with us today? Man, we have somebody pretty incredible with us today. <laughs> I and don't she's know on that. Instagram Live right now. Hi. Say hello, everybody. <laughs> she's on Instagram Live. We have Annie F. Downs. That's right. Here in the Lifeway building. In the building. I love coming I, here. You're our first, well, second... First outside guest that's yeah. been in the building. So really oh, excited. Oh, wow. About Everybody else has been over the phone or over a computer? Over the phone, yeah. over the computer. Yep. Not me. Not I show up. She shows up. She's, She's literally here. I'm local. Just want you to say, She's that's literally right. here. I'm but literally here. She is a best selling author, speaker, podcaster. She's based right here in Nashville. That's right. Many of her books are bestsellers, including 100 Days to Brave, Looking for Lovely, Let's All Be Brave, and her newest book, Remember God. Yes, that's with BH. I'm so happy yeah, about it. We're so glad you're here. How are you doing you. today? I'm great. It's. I mean, what can you? how can you complain about starting your day like this? I know, right? Well, it's super fun. You guys might be, um, if you can't see it on Instagram live, you'll, you'll hear it later, but there's lots of balloons everywhere. Yes, and confetti poppers. We have poppers. confetti poppers. Look. So when Speaking my wife and I, I know, when we moved to Nashville, <laughs> we visited a service at Crosspoint, yes. and you were teaching that morning, yeah. and you passed out confetti poppers because you, you love 7, it. all 7,000 people wow. at our church. so many. Yes. Now, they were like the little ones. They weren't this size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh went next level. <laughs> I went next level. They were sold out he of the little the ones. got the big boys. We're, we're a little afraid this is going to set the alarms off, but Annie's I'm 100% gonna, hopeful it will. She's going to pop one of these right now to get the podcast started. I am? Yes. Just oh, not in my face. Gosh, but, no, yeah, let's pop it, it away face. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pop uh, it right. Okay, it's just gonna take me a second. Sorry. I think you just got a twist. Let's see. Oh, oh, oh! Oh no! Wow. Did it work? Zowie. hold on! Don't we'll, give we'll up hope yet. Wait, this is the top, right? Let me see. Do not shoot. Mm. Remove safety tape. Yep, I did. Squeeze hard oh. on both, and then pull. Yeah! Oh, that is so beautiful. <laughs> Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? And guess what? We have one more. We're going to pop at the end. Oh, so at the end. Right. Man. I'm so sorry for the custodial staff, but that was really hey, beautiful. That was the, beautiful. You're looking at the custodial staff. So we're oh. we're going to be picking this up. <laughs> oh, I'll help you. I'll help you. No, we'll get it. Yo, well, man, that was that a was, great one. That was fun. We'll have to, uh, this will be fun to listen to on the other end. It will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you did not see the confetti, but it was incredible. It was incredible. It's, it's pink everywhere. and blue and yellow. Yellow and green, and it's tiny little pieces that we will be cleaning up for a good <laughs> forty minutes. Todd, Todd Atkins will be cleaning this up a little bit later. Yeah, we'll bring later. So, well, Annie, I wanted to before we get into the podcast. Yeah. I, you're a Vanderbilt baseball fan. Oh, I'm Is a huge right? Vandy fan. Yeah, they just won last night. I know the World Series. So yeah. neat. So we, me and you, cannot connect on that. I'm a Tennessee fan, but oh, I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for them. Yeah, but what we can connect on is. 
their old shortstop, which is Dansby. Yeah, Dansby who Swanson. plays for the Braves. Yeah, one so of my I'm, dear friends. Yes, I love I'm a that guy. Huge Braves fan. Yeah, he's still one of like our uh, my podcast. That sounds fun. He's like one of the most popular episodes because people love hearing from a professional athlete yes. in the middle of it. Who's also a faith person, and so talking about balancing that. Yeah, he's awesome, and he's incredibly good at baseball. He is. But you know the thing about the Vandy team this year is these seniors as freshmen had a real tragedy where one of their players drowned. Mm. One of the pitchers drowned in the um, uh, postseason, oh, like wow. in between two games. he They went fishing and he drowned. And so to see these players get to finish there, I mean, his parents, the young man who drowned, his parents were in Omaha for the really? World Series. And so to see even a God story here of him redeeming some things and giving these young men such a, such a different ending than their beginning at Vanderbilt feels like... Um, feels supernatural a little bit. I mean, Michigan fans would say they were just better at baseball. We yeah. were just better at baseball, which is true. But it also, you know, there's another level that all of us think about. Yeah, you're um, playing for something. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's just yeah, something it. else to it. Wow, so. that is a really cool story that yeah, makes it even more special. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, let's go ahead and get started into okay. the questions. So the first one is, can you walk us through a quick overview of the different leadership roles you've been in over the years yeah. and take us to where you are now. In the church and out of the church? Correct, yeah. That'd okay, be great. cool. So in high school, I was student body president. There so you go. kind of starts, I mean, I was always kind of the girl who thought, if no one else will do this, I'll do it. And I remember even the summer before my senior year, um, I was asking the Lord about uh, running for a senior class president or for student by president. And a friend of mine was like, I don't think this is a question you just go for it. Like a pastor kind of was like, you just go for it. And, and when we got back to school in the beginning of the year, no one else was running. And I was like, Oh, that's what the Lord's doing. Like I, I just was okay. Like yeah. He'd already told me over the summer. Right. So, so I've always kind of led whether I wanted to or not. I'm the oldest child. I never have loved leading. It's just part of been, or I didn't used to love leading. I, I do now. Um, and it continued on through college leading small groups, uh, leading women's ministry at my college ministry. That's when I worked there for one year, I was in charge of women's ministry, always volunteered with student ministry. I just have always loved it. And, and I taught elementary school. So I was up in front of a crowd every day. What grade? Uh, I did two years of fifth grade and three years of fourth grade. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, it really set me up for what I do for my job now because I had to entertain them every single day <laughs> and then learn something, you know, and I had the same crowd every day, but new content. Now I have a different crowd every day, but sometimes it can be the same content. And so it's the same skill set. I'm pretty good at one thing. Um, now my leadership looks like I'm on the teaching team at Cross Point Church. So I'm a part of the voices that communicate and preach to our people. I am an author. I, I I travel and speak at conferences, events, and churches. Uh, the podcast is probably one of the more um, surprising f ways that I get to lead because we just have no idea how this thing would um, take off like it has in the last couple of years. Uh, but on a day-to-day -day basis, it, it, those are kind of my three big buckets, writing, speaking, podcasting. Um, but I also feel like, you know, as as the one of the mothering voices in my church leadership and my community, I'm, I lead the staff in ways. I'm, I help care for them in ways. And I, even though I'm not on staff, I'm part of the leadership of the church. Yeah, that's awesome. So you said, uh, and I'll butcher it a little bit, but Go for it. didn't necessarily want the leadership, right. but I kept kind of finding you. Right. Can you flesh that out a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I, I think their um, scripture promises that when you are in leadership, 
there is a heavier mantle on you and a higher requirement. And I just never didn't know that. <laughs> I just always knew that when you're in charge, people watch you. And when you're in charge, people care about your decisions. And I kind of just wanted more freedom than I felt like leadership gave me, but I just couldn't get away from it. I, I couldn't. Uh, I was never satisfied when I denied the leadership opportunities that had been open to me and let someone else do it. I always knew I was outside of what God had for me. I, very clearly, there were times, I, I can think of a time in college where I was like, you weren't supposed to sit back this time. There are times that I've known I'm supposed to sit back and uh, in leadership and relationship in my work and my personal life. There have been times where I go like, yeah, you're, you're not supposed to lead here, but there sure. are times where I knew I was supposed to, and I didn't. And it is and the Lord just lets you feel that. Yeah. Disobedience that, is always disobedience, whether it's mm -hmm. disobe disobeying by leading or disobeying by not leading. Disobedience feels terrible. Um, That's really good. Yeah. Disobeying by, by leading or disobeying by not leading. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something in, there, God has placed it inside of you. Mm -hmm. And there's been times, and I have not been in leadership roles as, as long as you have any, but when you sit back and you do feel, you're, you feel like you're being humble almost. Mm. And you're saying, I want to take a step back and let others lead. And then when God's kind of pushing you towards it and saying, mm -hmm. no, like I want you there. Mm -hmm. I want to place you there. That's what I placed mm -hmm. in you. Mm -hmm. So that that is helpful. I mean, it could be disobedience. I mean, have y'all heard this sentence in your head before of like, I just don't want to matter this much. <laughs> like, I just don't, I just want to be an Annie. I don't want my whole high school to care what I think. I don't want this whole ministry to be dependent on what I decide, which Bethmore Bible study I decide we study. Like, I just didn't want to matter that much. And, and the Lord there have been times where the Lord has gone, you good because you don't mm -hmm. need to matter here. Someone else needs to. So, so oh, follow that feeling and other times where he goes, yeah, I'm just real sorry. We feel that way, but mm -hmm. that this is what I've <laughs> called you to. So I need you to just go. Yeah, yeah. And then you're all, I'm always grateful. Um, for I, for who he shows up at, who I know him as when I step into the places that I don't want to lead. Well, you see so many examples of that in the Bible. You have Esther, David, yeah. Moses, these are all people that weren't looking for this leadership mantle. Right. I mean, the Esther, Lord... let's just talk for a second. Yeah. Esther was trafficked. Yeah, it's right? crazy. Mm -hmm. She was kidnapped from her home mm -hmm. and taken into a harem. That today would be something that the sex trafficking nonprofits would fight against. She was not trying to lead and rescue her people. Mm -hmm. She was trying to survive being trafficked. Mm -hmm. Now, God used that. And that is a good story. But when I was a kid, they taught it like, and then Esther showed up in, yeah. the, in yeah. the king's palace. You're like, wait a second. And Hold now on. I'm like, what about these wait, verses? They took her from her house into a harem. But she willingly stepped into some leadership opportunities that ended up rescuing an entire nation. Mm -hmm. And and so you can go from a place of pain and a place of disappointment and a place of, I didn't put myself here, someone else put me here, and you can still lead well and rescue people. Mm, that's really, really good. Let's go on to the next question here. Can you tell us about a pivotal moment that you look back on that changed your leadership yeah. or your life or, or both? Can you uh, sure. walk us through that? Yeah, about three years ago, our pastor at Crosspoint stepped down pretty suddenly in a, I'm leaving today. And I was, had been a part of the church for some years, but hadn't been in any leadership 
form in the larger church. I helped lead the college ministry and was a part of that, but which is how I know the Vandy boys yeah. is because they were that I met them at our college ministry a few years ago, the ones who've now graduated. But um, I remember the Sunday morning that he left, I or that he said he was leaving. Um, I was at the first service. Someone had sent me a text the night before, like after midnight and said, you, you need to be at the first service. And, and I knew, I mean, everybody kind of knew. Yeah. And um, so I get there and I, afterwards, it is like a bomb has gone off and people don't know what to do and people are crying and, and the staff, uh, they kept walking over to me and they would put their head on my shoulder and they would just sob, probably five of them. And then they would stop crying and stand up while they're still looking at me, stand up, wipe their tears, take a deep breath and turn around and do that for someone else. Wow. And I went, and I mean, immediately Josh, the Lord went, you don't know your role here. Mm. And I thought, no, I don't. Because why are they crying on me? That doesn't make any sense. I thought I was just like a girl who went to the church. I didn't think I mattered here, mm -hmm. you know? And over the next two weeks, I realized that most of our staff at the time was uh, in their late 20s, which is I was in my mid 30s. So they were younger than me. They had watched my career and my leadership in the church and felt like I was a voice that they trusted and a, and a woman that they trusted. And it was men and women. It was campus pastors and uh, student pastors and children's ministry. People. It was there was not like one category of person that was coming to me. And I just, and it changed my whole life. I mean, I'm not kidding you, John. I, in that day, I went, and, and that, particularly that Sunday, but for the next two weeks, I went like, okay, God, you tell me what I do here at this church. I thought, I thought I just went to church here. You had a different story. And, um, and I, I didn't run after anything. Um, I just kept saying, okay, what can I do? So then the next step was that we did a Bible study for all the women in the church, uh, in the, on the staff. And we walked through, um, oh, we walked through one of Beth's, I think it was about the, the two Timothy, first Timothy and second Timothy, the two Timothy books. I can't totally remember, but, but the awesome part was because I wasn't on staff, I got to ask questions that someone who's paid to sit there doesn't get to ask. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. And so, um, sorry, I'm going longer than three to five minutes. That was, the, so that fun. was, no, that was after that, that kind of led to, uh, leadership increasing at this particular church, uh, that God probably was orchestrating either way. I would not have seen it if those people wouldn't have cried sure. on me that Sunday morning that our pastor left. Well, it seemed like you, to, to use the Maxwell word, you had influence. Right. Maybe that you didn't even realize. Uh, that I had no idea. You're like, oh, people, oh. Yeah, I mean, I knew are. they had my books like in the church bookstore. Right. And I knew people recognized me because that's just part of this job. I didn't know the like, I knew I had influence that like they would get their nails painted at the place I got my nails painted and people wanted to like, <laughs> see me sometimes. I didn't know I had heart influence yes. as a leader. That's what yes. I was going to say. It's influence married with compassion. Yeah. Where, where somebody knew yeah. they weren't just going to walk up to you and be, oh, she's going to be standoffish, but she understands. She, yeah. I and that's part compliment. of, I mean, y'all see that in churches. You probably see that in student life. I mean, it, it happens a lot that it's one of the reasons no matter what you want to do in a church, you should just start serving today because 
you you grow this trust thing with the people. And so then when something happens or when a spot opens up or when a leadership thing goes, every corporation, church environment looks in first, you know, like goes like, well, that person's been volunteering in the children's ministry for 12 years. I wonder if they would want to work here, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, while I don't work at the church, it, it was a... Um, it was pivotal for me and my understanding of my role, my leadership and uh, what the mothering voice in a church does. I want to go back. You said, if you're in a church, begin serving today, yeah. no matter yeah. what that looks like. That is profound. And I think that's just helpful. I mean, there's so many young leaders who say, I want to be there. Mm. Honestly, there's a lot of women that probably look at you, Annie, and mm-hmm. say, I want to have influence that that she has. I would just, just love to have a sliver of yeah. that. Yeah. Sliver. And I and you know what I want to say is I want to be like, no, you don't. <laughs> right? You you see the Instagram stage no parts. Clue. You have yes. no idea. Correct. If you if I, I interviewed Lauren Daigle yesterday for my podcast, and she said this mantle she's asking for from God, and I was like, are you sure? You better be. <laughs> That's real a dangerous sure. prayer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. you better be real sure because the more influence you have, the less you get to sin. The less, the more influence you have, the less you get to just do what you want. And the more you are at the beck and call of a God who has a plan for your life to further the kingdom. And it may not be what you want. Mm -hmm. So if you are sure, come on. Because it's good and it's beautiful, and I'm having the I'm having the best time in my life, and I'm writing the biggest checks I've ever written with my heart. Yeah, Yeah. I mean to to be a Christian is to be a Christ follower. Right. So when you when you when you become a leader or become a Christian, you're realizing you have more influence. You are dying to self on a daily, hourly basis and saying no to my flesh, Mm -hmm. yes to the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and that's I mean the you know the whole thing about watching and experiencing what happened in our church is I was at that church because I love the leadership. Mm. And I was at that church because I was drawing near to God in worship and in teaching. And I am still there <laughs> because I love the teaching and not mine. The other three, the other three people on <laughs> the teaching team. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. of me. No, the <laughs> other three it. people on the teaching <laughs> team are, are so incredibly gifted and the worship culture is growing and we are seeing people get saved. And it, the church is still the church. No matter what church you plug into, there's going to be yeah, humans there that disappoint you. And there's going to be people who who do more than you ever dreamed they could do. And God's there. Because, you know, when you look at the bride of Christ, you're not saying, how can the bride of Christ serve me? You're saying, how can I go serve the bride right. of Christ? I mean, how we only I do this for like church? 80 years. It's going to be hard. <laughs> and then we're done. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and then it's never hard again. So like, if you want the influence, if you want, like, if you want to, whoever cleans up all this confetti, we Chandler. pop. It's going to be Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, you just are, we only do this one time. These yeah. parts are terrible. The cleaning up stuff, when you have to clean up stuff, it's not fun, but man. But it's worth it for the moments where somebody is coming in on your shoulder. Oh, like there's gosh, those moments yeah. where you, they saw you probably in the behind the scenes. They mm-hmm. saw how you led that wasn't on stage, mm-hmm. but it was other areas. And then they believe you on stage and they believe yeah. you on yes. Instagram and they believe you in your books because they know me outside of that. So then when I, now at this point that we have real estate with our people and, and there's, you know, there's, this is probably even more true when I visit other churches and do other Sunday mornings where it's just two different experiences. Now other churches, when I'm doing a Sunday morning in Houston or a Sunday morning in, you know, Pennsylvania or Sunday morning in California, those people, um, they don't know me, but because their pastor has invited me, they trust me Yep. here in my home church where I get to lead on a regular basis 
they know me and they know I mess up. So they trust me. Yep. Yep. And so, and I do, y'all, I mean, y'all know me well enough. I'm a total screw up. So I am just grateful that the Lord uses anything. Welcome, hey, you, it's a table of them right now. So right. for sure. I was going to say the concept before you get to the next question, Chandler, I think this is really important for young leaders, this concept yeah. that we're talking about. And you can either confirm or deny it. You okay. know, I, I'm going to make a statement here. Okay, oh, I'm ready, Josh. But leading on stage, very little influence, that, that, that gains you very little influence leading on stage. Leading off stage, letting people cry on your shoulder sitting across the coffee table from them in the morning mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. five o'clock in the morning talking about life and mm-hmm. how to invest them in their struggles. That's where you get your influence, right? So leading mm-hmm. off stage, that our leading on stage, that's not really where the real ministry happens. It can be influential. Yeah. It can be good ministry. Yep. But the real ministry happens in the trenches with the people, one-on-one, groups yeah. of people, whatever. Yes. I, so I would say you are right comma, the real influence happens when you get up in the morning and read your Bible Mm. and pray and journal and connect with God. Uh, That is where you become the person that gets to influence people. Mm. She just Jesus juked you. I didn't mean to. No, no, no. You are 100% right. You're 100% right. I will confetti right now. (laughs) You know that. I just want to confirm to you that there are three ways that you get to influence people mm-hmm. and they decrease in importance as the day goes on, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like w- who you are by yourself with Jesus in the morning plays into who you are when people mm-hmm. need you on a Tuesday afternoon that are in your college ministry, that are in your student ministry, that are in the church where you're serving. And then when you have 25 minutes on a Sunday morning, actually that, that spot is an honor and it is a joy and it is massive responsibility. And it is also the kickoff of a conversation in someone's life, hopefully. Mm. So I'm getting ready to teach on Sabbath in two weeks. And the goal is not to tell them everything about Sabbath. The goal is to make them desire it. Yeah. And so how do we teach it in a way from stage for 25 to 30 minutes that makes them go home and read books and study it so that in a year they are still practicing it. That's the goal. And the first way is to live it out, right? Yeah. The first way is to tell the truth of how Mm. I, you know, fell apart and had my face on the floor of the Atlanta airport because I was exhausted Mm. and that's disgusting. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, the first way is to, is to live it out and prove it out. That's really good. On that, it's the private, your personal private devotion to Jesus will influence, will gain you influence in the public the declaration of Jesus. Your personal yeah. holiness, man. Yeah. Like, and it'll make you not care when someone else mm-hmm. gets the stage or when someone else gets the thing yeah. or because you go like, well, I'm doing the work. So he's, the scripture says he opens and closes doors. So if he closes door and someone else is getting the stage time, if I'm a 25 year old dude who's been dying to preach at my church and they bring someone in from the, they bring in Bob Goff instead of giving me a chance. <laughs> like if I'm spending time with the Lord every day, the Lord's already told me mm-hmm. that I have a spot and that I'm worthy yeah. and that I'm good at what I do and that the opportunities will come. So when I hear Bob's coming, it isn't this like, oh, I'm no good or, oh, I'm being treated unfairly. It's like, oh yeah, God kind of told me that yesterday when I read about Abraham and and Sarah, you know? (laughs) I mean, that's it. I'm in this weird, I bring that up because I'm in this weird, like I've hit Abraham and Sarah on accident three different days. And I'm like, what are we talking about? (laughs) Like, what am I about to have to wait 25 years for? (laughs) You know? Okay, God, you're making me a little nervous right now. That's it. So because, and y'all know me, I'm not great at, I hate the word quiet times anyway, but I don't. Thank you. I'm right there with you. It's so dumb. Who did that to us? Can can we come up with just anything else? (laughs) But because of that, whatever's going on and whatever reason God keeps bringing up Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, like yesterday it was in, um, 
Oh, I can't. It was in the New Testament. And today it was, I opened the app that I listened to and they read Abraham and Sarah. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> what's happening? It went yeah. like, this is amazing. I was like, oh, that's a lot of promises that took a lot of time to fulfill. I'm sure. terrified. For sure. Um, so the stage, the stage stuff, the preaching stuff, I, I do want y'all to hear me say, and I want our leaders to hear me say, that is important. And who you are in private is going to play out on a stage. Nothing mm. stays secret. Nothing stays secret. Nothing stays secret. It will play out when you are preaching to 12 people or 20,000 people. Um, and that really matters. Mm. But that's 25 minutes of your life, of your day. Mm. You know, like who you live the rest of the time matters a lot. Preachers are awesome. Who their kids become tells me everything. Mm, that's really good. You, you know, know what? Praise the Lord for that. The nothing stays secret. I mean, oh. that's, such a, that's such a good grace yeah. for us. What a and, gift, right? Man, because yeah. if we thought we could keep it all a secret, oh. I'd keep it all a secret. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right? But I'm like, well, I've if, doing if it. God says everything's come to light, I might as well just go ahead and tell somebody. Because <laughs> yep. I'd rather be the one. I have a friend who's working through some addiction stuff, and I keep saying to him, and you should probably just tell because yep. someone else is gonna if gonna you don't just use your words yeah yeah, yeah. i need great. you to use your words yeah. and just start telling some more people yeah. and he is and he's working yeah. through some and it, it but good, good. it's all gonna come out y'all it's all gonna come out well and, i totally understand that as a type eight on the enneagram oh like I, brother I lack a lot of wait what are you right? I'm a type three. This we'll get to this in a little bit. Right? You're, you're jumping ahead right here. Oh my god! Right, we, we, we can camp out on this. This is yeah, so good. Let's, not, let's, move, let's move to the next question. You're like three to five minutes. Annie goes 13 to 15 minutes. Hey, no, that was our fault. <laughs> so next question is, is what was your biggest mistake as a leader getting started? Yeah. Um, I think back to when I was a leader in college and I just thought, what had worked for me as a receiver would work for me, would work for the people I was giving to. And that just isn't true necessarily. It had been years. It had been a different experience. And I, and so I was building a ministry uh, in my college as when I was on staff at my college ministry, I was building a ministry that I had seen work when I was in the ministry because I thought that was what you were supposed to do versus asking God what the people needed that were in front of me. And I think we, I think the church tends to do that a little bit of like, this is what Sunday morning is supposed to look like. This is what youth group is supposed to look like. Let's play chubby bunny again. You know, this is what. Run the same playbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, and, and sometimes that stuff really does. Studying scripture. Yeah, let's run that same playbook. Let's always be studying scripture. Let's always be praying. Let's always be giving to those less fortunate. Let's always notice our privilege and turn it so that we can bring other people along with us. Uh, let's not always make things shaped the same way they looked. So the same was true when I taught school. Uh, I couldn't have the fifth grade classroom based on the fifth grade classroom I was in 15 years before, <laughs> you know, but that is so easy to do. Cause you go, well, I loved it. And these are the rose colored glasses. I remember from when I was in student ministry or when I was in, when I was in church and now I'm leading a church and this worked, but like, yeah, but dude, you, you grew up in San Antonio and this is Boston. Yep. Like, like you gotta, you have to work smart and hard. You don't just get to work hard, mm, work yeah. smart here too. And so I think that's a mistake I made for a while. The problem is you want to make that mistake because pioneering is terrifying. And I find that still right now. I mean, there is a, there is a system, a woman who writes books for Christians. There is a factory we can go into hmm. that spits us out on the other end. And everybody knows what she looks like because there's eight of them ahead of me. Mm -hmm. You can stay in that factory line 
And that can be what God, God, that path, I won't even go, let's take it out of the factory. That path could be right for people. When it isn't, when you're supposed to veer from the path and do something different, it is really scary because when you see who's done it before you Mm. and you see that they're retiring and they have money and they have influence and they've honored God and not in that order, you know, but you see them 30 years ahead and you go, well, they did that. I should just do that. And God goes, nah. I don't, I'm not asking you to be her. I'm asking you to come over here and try this thing. And people are not going to like it. And Christians are going to get mad and non-Christians may not like it, but I need you to listen to me and let your team and you and your team you're working with, listen to me and build something that other people haven't built maybe. And so I think that's a mistake I made early in my career as an author and a speaker and a podcaster and in my leadership was running an old playbook mm-hmm. versus asking God what the new playbook was and which includes some of the old plays. Yeah. Which I think it was, I think it was Andy Stanley. He says, marry the mission, but date the model. Yeah. And that, and it's for ministry, but it's That's also it. for so many aspects of our life. That's it. And one, one other question I'd like to ask you on this is uh, I've heard it said that we lead how we've been led. And yes. I feel like that's what you're saying. Yes. Which there are, as, there's positives there to that. There are positives yeah, to that. hundred percent. So, what did that look like for you mm-hmm. of distinguishing this was positive, not that this was negative, but this is sure. not what God is calling me to lead in this moment. Sure. My leadership's going to look different than yeah. those who mentored me. Yeah. How did you kind of wrestle with those two things? Yeah, you know, so I, I mean, I'll just really tell you about Annie F. Downs is that I um, I feel really called, if, if Christianity is a donut, I talk about the donut a lot in our, like in my company. I love and with our, donut right if Christianity now. is the donut, the further, the longer you're in this relationship, the more you go toward the middle. So I've li- I am the middle. I've been a Christian for 33 years of my, no, 33 of my 38 years on the planet. I am the middle. I've done all the studies. I've been in all the churches. I don't miss a Sunday if I can help it. I mean, I am the middle. But where I feel called to reach people is the edge. Mm. Now, I don't feel, I'm not Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, while as a person is probably also the middle of the donut, he's way outside the donut reaching lots of people that don't know the Lord. I love the edge. The edge is where I get to turn inward toward the donut and go, why are you guys leaving? Hang on, hang on. Talk to me. I'm Annie. We're friends. Hang on. What, what happened? What tell, what, why don't you just talk to me about what happened before you go? I'm not saying you won't be able to go. Just tell me what happened. And then to the people who are walking toward faith, I go, yeah, come. Hey, I'm your friend, Annie. Come a little bit closer. Yeah, listen to this one more podcast. Read this one more book. Have this one more conversation with me because I think you want to be in here. Mm-hmm. I, I was not uh, raised up by people on the edge of the donut. And so I have to watch different people and see what they do. I was grew up, which is how my faith deepened by listening to people in the middle of the donut, Mm -hmm. people who write Bible studies, who write books, very uh, Christian centric and, and faith centric. I also write books like that Um, and pastors. And so I've watched that, but I feel called to this other thing. And so I have to sometimes put Tim Tebow and Beth Moore in a blender and mix it up and drink that. Right? That's because, a great shake. Yeah, 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 right? <laughs> very strong and very sweet. Um, <laughs> that's great. But that's, that's do you know what I mean? Like that's, so that's, um, I am like the people who've led me. Yeah. I love scripture because Priscilla Shire and Beth Moore and Kay mm. Arthur and Lisa Harper taught me to love scripture and my mm. mom and my grandmother and my pastors growing up. Um, I am watching Jimmy Fallon and I am watching, um, some other uh, Candace Cameron Bray and I am watching um, 
Who are some other non-fans? I'm watching athletes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm watching how they influence and I'm putting them in a blender with those Bible teachers and I'm trying to be the mix of those. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I can't, um, so I'm still going to get up and preach on Sunday mornings because I love that and feel called to that. I also will do podcasts with people that are outside of our faith mm. space because I want to be on the edge. I love that. That's really good. I, uh, I'm waiting to hear what the name of that shake is. <laughs> so whenever you name um, it. Yep. I'll think. Yeah. Think on it. Unless yeah. you got some, yeah. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no. We're going to play with the word more, but I'm not sure how yet. Annie, what book do you wish someone gave you when you were just starting to lead? What book do I wish someone would have given me when I was just starting to lead? You know, I, none of my friends who are listening will be shocked about this, but I'm a huge John Mark Comer fan, pastor out in Portland. Garden um, City. Garden You've City. You've been studying up on that? Yeah. That's so good. I, I think I would, I wish I'd have had Garden City. Mm. Um, uh, when I started leading because there is, and this is where we're going anyway, but there is such a um, underuse of the language of flourishing mm. for people and how we help culture flourish and how we help our friends flourish and how we find where God has us. Like I flourish on the edge of the donut. It's also the hardest thing for me to not just be in the middle and, and, or just be way out. It is really hard for me to balance that, but I also feel the most alive when I'm right there. And so, um, and, and John Mark just does a really beautiful job of, especially in garden city, but really, and God has an, and all of it. I mean, I'm like, super fan. It's embarrassing how much I <laughs> like this stuff. Um, but Gar I wish I had Garden City 15 years ago. I would have enjoyed plugging that language into shaping me as a leader. Can you but give a quick about three to four sentence yeah. overview of what the book entails. Yeah. So the question is, how come the Bible starts in a garden and ends in a city after God restores everything, but doesn't go back to a garden? Mm. Why does it end in a city? Because we were always meant to build. We were always meant to be a part of our planet flourishing. Are we creating cities that bring life? Or are we creating cities that, are, that bring death and stories that bring life or death? And so it is the process of a, of a garden city, a city that is flourishing. Well, I'm going to go buy that on Amazon. It's, right? it's really good. It's He's very, very creative. And it's one of those books that really frustrated me. Yeah, but why? But I connected to it at the same time because I was terrible at rest. I was uh, terrible yeah. at Sabbath. I yeah. didn't understand the theologically the importance. My, my theology was bad on yeah. it, right? Like I, you know, I, isn't it funny? Because like the Ten Commandments, we're like super serious about not killing people. <laughs> like we're like, no, 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 no. You never murder. Like, yeah. no, no, no. You don't have an affair. Like yeah. no adultery. But we're like Sabbath. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Work every day. It's fine. Yeah. We get it. But don't kill anybody. Because yeah. right is not below that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So, but yes, I'm, I'm, so has Sabbath become a part of your? It was before the summer. Yeah. The summer got a little crazy kids. in camp world. No kids, oh, just a four-legged one. Just yeah, a four-legged yeah, yeah. one. But camp. So but you camp, have a lot of kids. a little crazy, but yeah. we did for, I think for about a, about a month before camp, we were taking each, I think Saturday. And yeah. Shutting everything off and and it was yeah. so difficult yeah. to get that, so but it is really really one, rewarding. One other resource on that I'm reading through emotionally healthy healthy spirituality or which uh, one church? I think it's the emotionally healthy leader. Oh, by leader, Spizarro. got it. Yeah, and he, one of the chapters is on Sabbath, and he and it really wrecked my world. And he he has a section on the rule of life. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's heard of this yes. concept, but it's basically. And it's a write down, here's the rule of life. Here's how I'm going to rest. Here's how I'm going to spend time mm. with the Lord. And it's a, it's something that you really grade yourself on and you have it written down and you can go back and say, am I living my rule of mm. life? Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of making that yeah. and really trying to take the step into Sabbath because as a three Enneagram, yeah. I want to achieve and I, I, it's hard for me to slow down. Yeah. So. And you want to like rest if you can post on Instagram that you Sabbath, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. And so, and that's hard because then you're like, I did it, everybody. Where, where, look, look, look. And then you're like, I don't get to tell anybody. I have to just rest. That's stupid, right? Yeah. I Convicted me right here. I, I want to yeah, yeah, show a picture of the table of the food that we ate when we were resting so much. It's like, no, you're I doing this wrong. I because I don't care. Yeah, I'm resting. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, exactly. So, oh, I think those emotionally healthy spirituality, leader, church, those are some of the um, the most important books for us to have close. Mm. When in what, Whether you're leading a family or a small group or a church or a ministry or a nonprofit or a company, like uh, emotional health, um, body, soul, spirit, we are all three. Mm. Yep. And, and we will go to church and tithe and we will go to the gym and pay for a trainer, but we don't want to pay for counseling. Like you want someone, you won't, you won't let anybody help you with your emotional health, but you'll have spiritual help and physical help. Like, come on. Yeah. So we got to, we got to focus on all three if we're going to lead the church in a way toward health. It's maintenance, yeah. man. Just like changing the oil in your, that's it. In your car. That's you it. Have maintenance on yeah, yourself. Yeah, that's right. There are times where I see my counselor once a week and I there are times it. where I see her once a month and it is just like whatever maintenance and whatever is working, whatever I'm working on, um, I need someone walking that with me. I need yeah. an expert in it's every field. Such so. a need. Well, let's move on to the next question. Okay. What was your biggest misconception as a young leader stepping in? <laughs> um, ready? Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that there were places women could not lead. What is actually true in relationship, in church, in a business, in friendship for men and women is we can both do anything. That doesn't mean we flourish everywhere. Mm. And so I, my misconception was there were things I couldn't do. The actual truth is there are places I don't flourish. And so I can do anything. I can lead anywhere. I can take over if I need to take over. I am incredibly capable and strong and able. That doesn't mean I flourish everywhere. Mm. And so that was my misconception. I thought, and the same, this is not just a woman conversation. This is true for men too. Y'all can do anything. There's not a role at a church you can't do. That does not mean you don't, that you flourish everywhere. That's right. And so figuring out where you flourish and why is where you lead best. Yeah. I have nothing to follow that up with. That's very, very good. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to the next question. That okay. was really good. Well, hey, actually, real quick. I mean, it is God has uniquely placed gifts in you. That's right. And it's the same way as it's. Let's go back to sports. Yep. Um, Always. Uh, yeah. I, let's go back to the Braves. I mean, yeah. There are there are positions on the field that you were tra trained in. Uh, shortstop is going to be a little bit more athletic than the catcher. Yep. The first baseman is probably going to be more of a power hitter than the pitcher. Yes. And if, if I if a power hitter tries to go pitch, he's not going to flourish there. Right. And but can he do it? He could Absolutely do it. Absolutely, he can do it. The team would not like him. Dansby Swanson can play any uh, position on that field if they needed him to play it because someone suddenly got knocked out cold. He could play any position. He has found the one that brings the most joy and success to his life mm -hmm. and brings God the most honor, I think, for yeah. spe specifically for Dansby. And so that is true for all of us everywhere we are, in our homes, in our jobs, in our ministries. You can do anything. Where do you flourish? 
let me ask you this, because there's young leaders who are probably sitting in a role or a job yeah. where they feel, yeah. I am doing this to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not flourishing. Yeah. What would be your advice to that person? Great question. Great question. Um, first of all, my, I mean, this is, well, my first question would be like, what are your times with the Lord alone like? Are you having those and then you're still frustrated at work? Are you not having those and you're frustrated at work? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say there's a six week, deep, intense, one-on-one fasting and praying time with God to sort out why you feel what you feel. Why are you not flourishing? I'm not saying you don't eat for six weeks, but you. I think there's a fasting element to um, getting revelation from the Lord. So I would say that first, before you make any moves, before you make any big changes, where are you in that? And you, and so someone can't answer us, but they say back, yeah, Annie, I've done that. I, and I'm still in a role that I'm, where I'm not flourishing. Um, I would say it's probably time to invite in a counselor or a mentor and really dial down on what's your purpose? What's your thesis statement for your life? What is the rule of life that you've written? What, what is your calling? Can you really, because I, I think we all have one calling that has multiple expressions. So my calling is I entertain people long enough they learn something. That's my goal. So I did that when I was teaching school. I do that in books, podcasts, on stages. Uh, I do that in these conversations. There will be other expressions of this before I die. I just don't know why they are yet. Hmm. But I know my calling. And and so I would say it, it would be about getting some people around you to identify your calling and then being brave enough to look at your job and figure out, is my calling in this and I just don't like it? Or is it time to look to something else? Is there another place where my calling is better expressed than what I'm doing right now? So, and I know that's frustrating sitting in a, in a spot that isn't, I've heard churches talk before about just getting people on the bus. Like this may not be the right spot, but we love how they lead. So we're going to get them on the bus. I've never led a church, so I don't know what that, uh, I don't know why that's always the right answer or what to do about that. I do know that you can only be in the wrong seat on the bus for a short amount of time before you want off the bus, even if you're the star player on the bus. And so we as leaders, as we're bringing people under us, need to go, yeah, what is your calling? Oh, man, you're the you're the best employee I could ever want to hire. I don't have a job that matches yep. your calling. You're level five, but I'm so sorry. There's not a, That's there, it. I don't have the right seat on That's the bus. It. I want you on the bus. I want you so bad. You don't have the right seat. I don't have the right seat versus going, I want you more than I want you in your calling. Mm. And, and we have to want people in their calling more than we want them on our bus. Mm. And so you just have to wish them well. That's really good. Um, so I, th- I think it's a... I think first thing, make sure you and God are real connected and you've asked him a lot of questions before you go anywhere else. Well, I've had to say no to the Dallas Cowboys several times to, to be a quarterback because of this very <laughs> reason. Too. I just couldn't, couldn't flourish too, there. Josh. So, I just know. wasn't flourishing. Just have to hang the phone. Yeah, that's Sorry, right. Jerry. I, I keep saying. You could have done it, but you were <laughs> yeah, not going to flourish. You were not going to flourish. I really have, but <laughs> I The team would flourish. hate you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's move on. So there is a movement happening now, and it's a really good movement of women finding their voice in the church uh-huh. and in leadership. What advice would you give to a young lady working on finding their voice and really what is a male dominated world. I love both of you very much. <laughs> Yay. Also, that we, sounds fun. We are not finding anything. We've always had our voice. Mm. So that question is written by a man. 
Mm. We never haven't had a voice. We're just finally being allowed to say what our voice is in a, with a microphone, what we have always said around dining room tables. Mm. And so I love you both, though. No, that, yeah. But, but no, I, thank I, I told you. you before we started, I was like, oh, I can't wait for this one <laughs> because I read it and I went like, oh, yeah, that that is such a core difference of how we look at this nothing has it's not that we didn't have a voice we've always had a voice we've told each other women have told each other things for a really long time we're just being given the opportunity to tell it tell our stories and our what we know of god in a more public way i think it's really great i think it is i think the question for any woman listening is still this is not what can you do. This is where do you flourish. Mm. You can do anything. Mm-hmm. And for men listening, it is not what the woman can do. She can do anything in your church or in your organization, most of them, that they choose to. I mean, when there's an emergency, a man or a woman can do anything. That's adrenaline, right? Um, you can you can lift cars off of people if you need to, right? I mean, people My mom can, did that with a locker when really? she was in high school. Yes, a yeah. locker fell on somebody and she, adrenaline she spiked. She lifted it off. They can right. do anything. Yeah. Yes. We can do anything. Yep. Where do you flourish? And so I love what's happening in the church. These conversations are coming up uh, in a lot of ways. One of them is uh, people love the voice of a mother. There's this story that uh, I heard recently that um, one of the ways they are getting the LRA, the Lord's Resistance Army in Africa, that's led by Joseph Coney. One of the ways they're getting the soldiers to leave this army that they've been in for 20 years is by getting an audio recording of their mother telling them to come home and playing it over the jungle. Oh, wow. And from a helicopter. And the men are walking out of the jungle and walking home because they heard their mother's voice. Wow. There is power to the mother voice. The church needs the father's voice and the mother's voice because God is, if you both and I are made in the image of God, then God has an image of masculine and an image Absolutely. of feminine and an image of male and an image of female. And he is father and he is mother. It says we are under his wings. He holds us mm-hmm. to his chest, right? There is, there is motherness to him. And I think churches um, need to hear from the mothering voice at times. There are things I can say from stage that connect with the heart of the people that are listening that is that a pastor that is a man cannot say. And so it is it is not that I need to be up there every week because I, Annie F. Downs, do not flourish there. Doesn't mean I don't know about any other woman. I don't flourish there. But I do flourish when I am in partnership with men who are the father voice voice to this to this generation, particularly to the church I'm in, and particularly on the places where I'm invited. I'm invited in to be a mother voice to that church for that Sunday. And and I think that's really um, a beautiful direction the church is going in. Women don't need to be storming the gates. We need to be asking where we flourish and going there. Mm. Any Thank you for distinguishing that question. And <laughs> yeah, are we also friends? Yes. No. <laughs> so hear, hear me out. I think it's helpful. One of the one of the reasons I was so excited for this recording. Yeah. Is uh, there could be three different viewpoints around this table uh-huh. of ex- we we all know it's <laughs> it's a hot topic right now. Yeah. Of women in leadership in the church, uh, of preaching and teaching, and I'm just going to call it out. That is yeah. a hot topic. We could we could at this table, and I, I believe we probably do disagree on some of that. But here's what I, I want to say. I want to sit across the table from you yeah. and, and hear hear you out and Thanks. say, hey, we we worded this question probably in a way that was a maybe in some no, ways no, offensive, offensive. But, but maybe it was not really understanding. Yeah. So 
I would say, and to, to young leaders out there listening, you, you may be listening through this podcast and be like, man, I don't know if I, I'm a little offended by what is said in this podcast. I don't exactly believe, or maybe you're saying, Hey, I, I, I'm tracking along with it. I would say, find those who you may disagree with and sit down with Absolutely. them. And, and for me, I'm thankful for this conversation. Even That's if we fun. walk away, away from this and we say that was a helpful conversation for me to ponder things about, sure. we still may track different on, totally. on that issue. Which is totally fine. Which is fine. Mm. But I want, I want young leaders to hear, have discussions. Yeah. So we're going to move to the quick hitters now. Okay. The first one is this. What is your ideal daily routine? So what time do you wake up, get yep. into the office, all that stuff? I wake up at six and six to eight is six to eight thirty is kind of my like um, time with the Lord, breakfast, get ready, pretty sacred. I don't schedule breakfast. I don't do things in the morning. I'm pretty disciplined about that. If I'm not flying somewhere, you know, my life is a little bit wackadoodle because I fly a bunch, but that's like a home life. And then I get to work at nine. We work till three 30 or four. Um, usually eat lunch at work only because my employee and I both like to, um, leave earlier and go exercise. And so I go to Radnor, go work out three 30, four o'clock. Then I have dinner with friends or, you know, whatever I want to do with my evening. And I try to be in bed 10, 30, 11, my phone. I try to be away from my phone by 10 oh, and then in bed by 10, 30 or 11. Yeah. Um, so that's, a, I'm a pretty disciplined, I kind of have an old person schedule. I like, like it, but also the <laughs> only way you get done all the things God has for you to do is to sleep. <laughs> and so I've got to, yeah. I have to, if I, if I don't go to bed early, I don't get up early. If I don't get up early, I don't talk to the Lord and I'm a monster. Mm -hmm. I'm just a monster without mm -hmm. him. And so it, it, no one should have to deal with that. What is your favorite personality test? Oh, Enneagram. <laughs> you we, know we knew it. the answer. We've only talked yeah, about it 40 times. Right. You're that's doing right. an entire series this summer on your yeah, podcast, right? Yeah, it's been really fun. The nines just came out. We've we've finished it now. We're going to do a Q&A one, but yeah. it's been really special. You know, things like that are just tools. They're just tools. Yeah. They're not the gospel. Yeah. Only the gospel is the gospel, but mm. but it is so helpful with Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or Strength Finders or spiritual gifts test to, to kind of go like, how can this help me love God, love other people and love myself better? Yeah, yeah. Just and a mirror. This helps. Yeah, that's right. And I love it. And what's I, your type? Yeah. Oh, I'm a seven. So much of a seven. Seven wing. Uh, I mean, I, I wing a little bit of both. I can see yeah. six in me, but I'm, I mean, you've experienced, I'm stronger eight. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a justice side in me that someone came after Dr. Moore on, um, Are you on a, yeah. On Twitter. That's my people. And I was like, <laughs> I can stay quiet. Until you mess with Russell Moore. And I'll meet you in the parking that lot. That man <laughs> is a saint. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I mean, I have a Twitter really strong justice yeah. bent. It, it that definitely comes to, out in such mm -hmm. a good way. Just oh, from, from Most of the time. Our point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, so the unhealthy version of us yeah, is pretty yeah, yeah, unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we won't talk about that. Well, what is an unusual habit that helps you in your leadership? Um, what is an unusual habit that helps me in my leadership? I, um, I don't get coffee with people. Really? So, yeah, I just, I, I can't get my, now pastor, pastors don't get that choice. You have to meet with people that are in your congregation because you are shepherding them. I have a couple of people I mentor and, and other than that, I cannot do the leadership God's called me to if I'm in four coffees a day. Hmm. I can't write books. I can't record shows. I can't um, prepare to tell, like I'm teaching in the next nine days, I teach six times. Holy moly. I, I can't be getting coffees during the day. Just yep. disciplined about your time. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I just don't on. get to what do what say, I want to do. You know, you have to say yes to certain things, no to others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. breaks my heart because people yeah. come through town and they want to reach out or friend. I mean, I, not even like strangers, like friends. I don't get to meet up with friends in the middle of the day. I just, 
I go to my job every day. So what you're saying is you want to grab coffee with Chandler and I after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is you guys, let's talk to Starbucks. Okay, okay. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> what is your favorite app on your phone right now? Uh, Blue Letter Bible. Do y'all know Blue Letter yes, Bible? Yes, I have heard of that. Oh, yeah. gosh, I love it. I'm like such a dork about like, what does that word mean? Where else has it been? What, you know, when you hit a word. So I, I'm doing, this will be so fast, I know. Uh, I'm te- the key verse for this summer camp that I'm doing uh, next week is this verse from Job and it has the word great in it. And I went and looked it up on Blue Letter Bible and it's only used four times in the whole Bible. And every time it's in the book of Job and three out of four, it's one of his friends saying it. Hmm. And you're like, what is that about? Why is that the only time that word is used? You know, like I love wackadoodle deep dives like that, that are like, there's something there. There's a reason no one else has ever used that word except Elihu or whatever his <laughs> name is. Like, why is he the only one who used that word to describe God? That's fascinating yeah, to me. So great. I love it. The Luler Bible lets you do kind of that stuff without going to a seminary class. It takes a semester, though. I'm a big fan of seminary. I, uh, I get to do blue letter Bible deep dives instead. So most of it's free, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it is yeah. free. If I paid for it, I don't remember paying for it, <laughs> yeah. which is like the story of my bank account. Charge, yeah. right? what is, if I what paid is for it, I don't remember. I but don't know. We'll just, like, I'm just having fun. Yeah, having a great time. Yeah, let's <laughs> run that card again. Well, uh, what has been the best book you've read in the past six months? Um, I read What If It's True by Charles Martin. Have y'all read that? Do y'all know who he is? He's a novel, novelist. He's not a novel. He's a novelist. And then he wrote a book called What If It's True where he told Bible stories in, um, he added flesh to the Bible stories. Mm. So he told them like novellas, like short versions of all these different stories of Jesus. And it, I mean, I cried the whole way through just the description and he's just so gifted. Anything by Charles Martin, I will read, but uh, what if it's true changed my life during Easter. Yeah. I'm going to add one more real quick. Okay. What what sounds fun to you? Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) It's always the last question I ask. Uh, What sounds fun to me right now? If I could do anything in the world, I love Colorado in the summertime. So I would go on vacation. I would like, like, I don't want a month. I think that's kind of a lot. I would like two full weeks uh, with people that I love like hiking and swimming and sleeping late and reading a bunch. I just would like two weeks in Colorado in the summer. That sounds really fun to me. That My favorite place awesome. to do camp in the summer is Colorado. Is it? Oh, we do it in Estes Park, um, yeah, Colorado, yeah, yeah. and it's cold in the mornings, cold in the evenings, but yeah. warm during the day. It's awesome. One of my people is out there. I need to remember who it is. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think. Someone's out there. Well, last quick hitter. What one sentence advice would you give a young leader going into a leadership position for their very first time? Yeah. Um, I would say uh, it's what we've talked about. Who you are in the private of your life Mm. is more important than ever than who you are in the public of your life. Mm. I mean, like my Instagram is fun, but they can turn that off. Facebook can flip that switch like they did on Vine and all that is gone. Who am I Mm. if I'm just Annie? So who are you in the private? Because that actually matters far more to God, to your people and to your ministry than who you are in public. That's awesome. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We're all still friends. We're, we're all still, still friends. Oh, and we're going we cel- to we're gonna celebrate this oh, with we one other boomerang. confetti. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I bet we don't agree on other things. I bet we don't agree on, we don't agree on <laughs> our favorite all sports the, teams. All the things we don't agree on. All right, whenever you're ready. Oh, boy. Um, don't shoot at humans. All right, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. All right, ready? Ready? And one, go. two. Do y'all just love that? It's unreal. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> the boomerang I got is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. <laughs>
so confused. Oh, yeah. I'm amazed by it. I'm just in love. Well, hey, thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening. Thank you, if you enjoyed this, go on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review so other young leaders like yourself can find the podcast. Thanks for listening. See you later.